we welcome you to another edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm Mitch Album, your host, the author of the book Tuesdays with Maury, upon which this podcast is based, and the lessons I learned alongside my old dying professor 25 years ago that still resonate today. They made up the book Tuesdays with Maury, and I've heard from so many people around the world who are readers of mine, and not even regular readers of mine, but just readers of that book, um, that there are lessons there that still inspire them. And we've created this podcast and found out that to be more than true over more than a year's worth of the podcast now. Lisa Goitsch is alongside, as always, my friend and producer. Nice to have you, Lisa, as always. Happy Tuesday, Mitch. Well, it is a happy Tuesday, but we're going to talk today about gift giving and generosity. And here we are at the holidays. And as you mentioned, uh, it's a Tuesday that we're doing the podcast. But last week, last Thursday to be exact, we hosted here in Detroit um, an event that was the ninth annual rendition of it, a radiothon slash telethon that goes from six o'clock in the morning until nine o'clock at night. Now, I've been doing this for the last nine years, and each year it's gotten more and more in depth and bigger and bigger, and I'm happy to say it's raised more and more money for the charities of Say Detroit, which is a, a charity and an organization now, an umbrella organization for a bunch of different charitable operations here in the city of Detroit that, that help Detroiters, basically, that give them a hand up, not a handout. We start with kids at five days old and work our way all the way up to seniors, and we've got daycare programs, we've got a medical center for homeless children, the first one in the country that was ever built. We have a rec center that takes care of hundreds of kids from age uh, eight all the way up to high school. After school every day provides them with academic learning as well as recreational things. We've got housing programs where we refurbish houses and give them to working families that don't have homes. We've got seniors programs and veterans programs, scholarship programs and the like. Um, I'm not here to talk about that, though, uh, but I wanted to share with you something I observed on that Thursday. Now, we came into this Radiothon, Lisa, pretty aware that we were in a really tough year. <laughs> I don't think anybody on the planet would call 2020 a good year, except Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Uh, yeah. But it's been tough for so many people, and we didn't expect, quite frankly, that a lot of people would necessarily have a lot of money. And this is an all-day-long radiothon where we, we give out the number and we ask people to make donations. And we call a lot of celebrities and friends that we have and friends that I've made over the years who are kind enough once a year to come on and join with me. A lot of people from the movies and people from the music world and, and the writing world and the uh, sports world and, and the like. But I have to tell you, we went in thinking, okay, look, last year we raised an incredible, we had a record, $1.3 million or thereabouts. And we thought, well, hey, if we come half of that, two-thirds of that, that'd be pretty good. I mean, it's, it is COVID-19 year. It's 2020. People are going to be hard-pressed to give money when they're so, you know, in need of money. And I have to tell you, from the time we started the program, at 6 o'clock in the morning, I began to notice normally six o'clock to seven o'clock. That's pretty quiet. You're not getting a lot yeah. of people making I've donations it before. Yeah, yeah. They're just trying to get their coffee. They're not really thinking about hmm, how can I give to charity. And I started to notice these contributions coming in within the first twenty minutes, thirty minutes, and we were getting fifty dollar, hundred dollar, two hundred dollar contributions. And I thought, wow, this is strange. Maybe we're just 
dumb luck. Maybe a lot of people are up early. Then the second hour came and it continued. And then as the time went on, we began to notice that it wasn't just the individual people who were calling into the call center and making donations, but it was some of the celebrities who we were having on. Uh, For example, uh, we had Hoda Kotb on from the Today Show, who's a friend of mine. She's a wonderful, wonderful woman and and really kind and, and, and very emotional. And if you just say the word children to Hoda, she starts to tear up. <laughs> and then you could go from there. Uh, and we, That's and my we kind of gal. Yeah, we kind of bonded over the Finding Chica, my most recent book. And she just had a child, uh, a little baby girl come into her life. And so children are a big thing. But we, we sort of... Uh, we were wrapping up with her, and John Pizzarelli, the jazz musician, did a song for her that he performed. And then, sort of out of the blue, just as we were basically saying goodbye, she said this. Listen to this. I also would like to donate as well. So I just want to let you know that I'm going to be donating 25000 Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Was, okay. was that because of Pizzarelli's song? Is that what well, happened? The song... This, <laughs> This, it was 30, and then I heard the song. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Poor John. He thought he cost us $5,000. Now, there is no reason. We don't ask celebrities to make contributions when they come on. That's not a prerequisite. That's not anything. I mean, we're just happy to have them joining us because it helps call some attention to the thing, and they give shout-outs to people to give and she hasn't well she's she was on one year before with us last year and she gave us a donation but all of a sudden she gives $25,000 wow and that that's was incredible yeah that was early in the day and it just sort of started it just sort of started this ball rolling so then we had Tim Allen on he came on and uh, he got kind of crisscrossed with another guest Matt Stafford who was the quarterback of the Detroit Lions and so he heard me sort of talking to Matthew about the problems this year and, and how, for example, in Detroit, because of COVID-19, the homeless population we, we help serve, uh, you take a, a typical shelter that has 100 beds, and because of COVID-19, suddenly they can only have 30 beds. Same building, same organization, can only take care of 30 people of the 100 beds that were filled before. Well, if they were filled before in the cold weather that we have here, where are those 70 homeless people going to go? They have no place to go. And, and, and the same thing happened with our school systems here when they closed down the school system for COVID-19. And suddenly we had kids who, in poor neighborhoods where we serve, were told to go home and, and, and go to school virtually, except they didn't have computers or yeah. they didn't have Wi-Fi or the service wasn't reliable or there were a lot of people in the house and too much noise and inability to concentrate. So we have a rec center a 15-acre rec center, which we normally open at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and we stay open until 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night, and people come after school, and we have programs for kids after school and academic and recreational. Suddenly, we were opening at 7 o'clock in the morning, and we still do, every day to let kids come in and stay in our place because it's a warm place, and we have computers, and they use our computers, so we make them breakfast and we make lunch. and, And so we've had to do all this adjusting. And I was saying this, and Tim Allen heard it, and suddenly he just popped forward with a donation, which, again, we didn't ask for or anything like it. Here, here, here's Tim Allen. 
things being as they are, it's a little difficult. But if we can get somebody quickly to match it, I'll match twenty grand. Woo! Really? That's awesome. So let's do four. Let's get four people to jump in at five grand a shot, and if, if, the quicker the better, because I'll change my mind if I think about this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Tim Allen offers this $20,000 challenge. 30 seconds later, when Matthew Stafford's box comes up on our little Zoom window there, guess what he does? Listen. Hey, I'll, uh, I'll match that 20. Whoa. Hell yeah. Oh, wow. Hey. Okay, who else is on hold? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So within like 10 seconds, we went seconds. from 20,000. <laughs> 20,000 to a 40,000. And then another gentleman wow. came on here who owns the mall that we were in, Nate Forbes, and he put up a 20,000 match for that. And suddenly we had a 60,000 match, which was matched and, and it was worth 120,000. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, these are all people who have a lot of money and, 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 and God bless them. And that, but the fact that they were willing this year to so quickly make these donations when they heard about this matched with what we were seeing with the normal folks who aren't celebrities or sports stars or whatever, suddenly going from $50 donations to $100 donations, mm-hmm. spoke to me about, you know, sometimes when we are the most challenged, at least here in the state of Michigan, and I think around the Midwest, I, I can only speak for where I live, sometimes when we're the most challenged, that's when we do the most giving, which is a mm-hmm. pretty interesting piece of human nature, because you would think it would be the other way around. You would think that we have to protect what we have, and sorry I gave it the office, or sorry I have. But historically, when you think back to the Great Depression, you often hear of people doing incredible, generous things and sharing the little food that they had and taking in borders into their home and people doubling mm-hmm. up on beds and all that, right? Don't, I mean, that, that's a common tale. Yeah, my and that family was, did that, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and, and people don't think twice about it. And I guess it's because... There's some universal quality that we share with one another that I think is actually the best of us, and it comes out in the worst of times. When everybody's doing well and everybody is, is showered with success or, or money, you look at fields like Hollywood you know, at the top or big banking at the top or whatever, you tend to see some of the worst behavior. Right, petty behavior, petty arguments. Uh, how many times do we see that this kind of stuff goes on in Hollywood, or, or or at the top of the sports world, or the top of the big business world? And we say, how can those people be fighting? How can they be having these petty feuds? You know, they they have everything you could want, right? And then conversely, you see people who have next to nothing. I see it in Haiti all the time, and you know, one will get a a, a mango, and they'll cut it in half, give the other half to somebody else. You know, mm-hmm. they don't even think twice about it. So I think we started to see that on this Radiothon. And, and by the end, instead of not reaching our goal or going to half of what we did last year, we exceeded it, Lisa. We blew the old record away. We had earned, I think, 1.3-something last year. We, we brought in $1.52 million for charity wow. in a single day, in a single day. Now, that's not, I had nothing to do with that except that I was the voice that stayed on for 15 hours and, and cajoled people and, and, you know, urged people. But nobody has to listen to me. They did that yeah. on their own. People did that on their own. And I thought, well, this is really quite something at this time of year to be able to 
have that kind of generosity. So as the day went on, I went back to something that Jane Pauley, the host of CBS Sunday Morning Program, one-time host of the Today Show, she's just wonderful. She joins us every year. She's the sweetest, mm. nicest woman. I mean, she's just I- incredibly generous. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, every year, we'll talk about this later, I bid on that Jane Polly thing five oh. years in a row now. And you haven't gotten I, I it? I want that so bad. Uh, Jane, I, get, Jane, I get beat out of the water. People pay big bucks for that one. Yeah. Big bucks. Jane, Jane like, Pauly, she offers, she offers the uh, to fly to New York, stay yeah. in a hotel, and then come in Sunday morning and watch the filming of CBS Sunday Morning together, and then go to brunch with her. Which is the Brunch best part. Brunch with Jane Polly. Brunch with Jane Polly. I want Pauly. that so bad. Yeah. But yeah. every year, I, I go up too. I go up as high as I can possibly go. And uh, every year. Uh, ah. I, I, one year I'm going to buy it for you then. <laughs> no, I didn't you're realize, not going to buy I didn't it realize that that was. I didn't realize that that was such a fantasy for you. That Now I know what to get you for Christmas. Although I'd have every to out, outbid some pretty, that, they do, that fetches a lot of money. It but was the, almost like $5,000. Yeah, I think it was $5,000. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but again, she doesn't have to offer that, and she does give up her time and meet with people for brunch. But she I said, love her. Uh, she's, she's fantastic. But she said something earlier in the day that I didn't think a lot about when she said it, but as the day went on and the numbers started to go up, and I saw, wow, it does look like we're going to break this record in hour number 12 and 13 and 14, I thought back to what she said, and, and here it is. Listen. When you feel helpless, when you feel uh, that, that, as we all do, we don't see people you describe that, we feel isolated, we're uncertain, but you feel like you're not in control. One thing you're in control of is your generosity. And the feeling of generosity when you can actually help Mitch Album look after uh, some of those kids in the way that you you described it. It's so meaningful that they're being fed, that they have access to what we take you know, for granted. So you have some control over how you feel today. Now, take my name out of mm. it. That's not important. But what she said was, you have control over your own generosity. And that's kind of the theme that I I, I want to emphasize here. You have control over your own generosity. And in a time when, and a year, when we feel like we have so little control, look at our businesses are being taken away from us. Our holidays are being taken away from us. We're speaking now uh, with a week and a few days to go before Christmas. And a lot of people don't know if they're going to be able to celebrate it. Uh, a lot of people yeah. are canceling Christmas. That that's a bad, you know, Hallmark movie. Canceling Christmas. Yeah, it it it, yeah, it, <laughs> it sounds like you know the plot of uh, the whoever the opposite of Santa Claus is is comes in the Grinch <laughs> right. comes in and wipes out Christmas. But people are really looking at that now. But we can't control that. We can't control the government much as we would like to. We can't vote them out uh, just because they pass a law that that we don't like, and we can't vote them out at the moment. Um, we can't control the spread of COVID-19. We can't control who's contagious. We can't control if we get laid off, if our businesses close. We can't control the fact that places we like to go, restaurants where we used to take our families for the holiday meals are now closed. Can't control any of that, but you can control your generosity. You can control your generosity. What a brilliant little sentence that wow. really was yeah. from, from Jane Pauley. And the way that you feel after you are generous, is 
the heart of the holiday season. Think about it. And this goes back to our main mantra, giving is living, as opposed to taking is, is living. Think about the Christmases that you have had, the Hanukkahs that you have had. How many of them do you remember getting a gift? Does that stay in your mind, how you felt when you got a gift? Versus how many of them do you remember when you gave a gift? The the squeal of joy when a kid got something that that kid really wanted, uh, and they and they stand up and they pretend to faint. You know, I, I have little nieces uh, who who uh, do that every year that when they when they open their Christmas <laughs> presents, they 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 get so hepped up and they're trying to outdo each other that they just pretend to faint. You know, and it's so cute. You know, we all know it's coming, so you got to get the fil- the camera out to film them. But I I I cannot remember really getting anything the moment I got it. I can't even remember when I got it or what I got it for. I don't remember opening the wrapping and feeling that feeling, but I do remember the feeling of handing a present to somebody and watching their happiness, be they adult or a child, especially a child. So that feeling of generosity, we oh, you're in control of that. You're not in control yeah. of what you get, but you are in control of what you give, right? You, you, yep. you, you can't, you, you can tell people what you want for Christmas, but that, look at the poor kid who wanted a Nerf gun from Santa. And Santa <laughs> said, nope, no guns. He didn't sound like Santa, that guy, by the way. No guns, no guns, not getting any guns. He ended up with like 30, I think, Nerf guns. Uh, but he couldn't control what he was going to get, but you can control right. what you can give. And that's really important. So as you go into this holiday season, and we're here, what can you give? What type of gift can you give that is significant? Now, I'm not talking about any kind of purchase because everybody's at a different financial level and I don't really have much to say about purchasing. I don't have any wisdom in that area. I don't know what device makes sense for somebody and what doesn't. But I can tell you a few gifts that you can give that don't have anything to do with a physical possession or item. Uh, One is time. I know that the greatest gift that you can give to somebody, particularly your spouse, is time. I know this because my wife is constantly asking me for it, and I realize how short I fall all the time. And I've been particularly busy these last couple of of weeks uh, because I'm trying to finish a book, and, and we had this Radiothon, and there's just so much stuff that goes on at the holidays. And so I get up very early, and I start writing. And the other day, uh, Janine, my wife, who uh, wasn't feeling well, it wasn't COVID. (laughs) You're still allowed to have a cold every now and then here. Uh, But she had a cold and, you know, wasn't really able to get up and and out of the, the bedroom. You know, she's mostly just staying in bed. And I get a little message on my, uh, phone because I've been down writing here for three, four hours. And, the, you know, it goes, bing, and I look over, and it says, when will you have time for me? <laughs> Which is, she means it in a joking way. Right. But it kind of broke my heart a little bit. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, my gosh, you know, um, here I am sitting in front of a computer and I'm writing and writing and writing for hours, and, and, and someone has to say, when will you have time for me? My wife. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I immediately... Th- 
went upstairs and, and spent some time with her. Thank goodness I did that because 20, 30 years ago, I wouldn't have. I would have, I would have written back, give me a few more hours. Right. Uh, that was before Maury. So your time, your time, giving of your time to somebody, just sitting and being with them or going to some place that you don't particularly like to go to, but they like to go to, Bed Bath & Beyond comes to mind. <laughs> to me, that would be like the ultimate sacrifice of life is just, all right, I will go with you to Bed Bath & Beyond. Yes, I've, done that with, I've done that with my wife a few times. Something about that place, no knockings. I'm sure it's a good business and everything. Just gives me the heebie-jeebies, the smell of all the uh, stuff in there. And I, 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 I love I, I, pillow shams. Yes, my, my wife loves says. Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, lovely pillow shams. I, I You're just, a good I, man, Mitch. I grit my teeth. Yeah, well, I don't do it very often, but I've done it. And so, but that type of thing, giving of your time, that's critical. Giving of your ear, all right? Now, time is one thing, but listening can be another. And offering some advice or some comfort or a kind word. This from Maury, who, uh, this was, Maury was not in our radiothon, uh, but I went back and found this cut because I think it was it was very apropos to what we're talking about here. When I asked him about um, the way that people were reacting to him when he was spending time with them and listening to them and advising them, even though he was dying. And why did he do that? And here was his response. Usually when you're sick, you want everybody to give to you. You're giving out all the time. I comfort people who come here and cry and ask me for advice. And they'll wake up and say, my God, you're comforting me. I'm supposed to be comforting you. I said, it's mutual. If I comfort you, I feel comforted too. So that's another little piece of, of genius. If I comfort you, I feel comforted too. That you can give. That you have control of. COVID can't take that away from you. You can call up a friend and say, hey, it's been a while. You know, what's going on? Tell me what's going on. And don't you yeah. talk about what's going on with you. Just listen. There is, I think it was Joan Didion or somebody once wrote about journalism. There are no more seductive words in the English language than I want to hear your story. Mm-hmm. And if you can just convince your friend, your colleague, your family member that you're sincere Hey, tell me what's going on with you. Everything's okay. No, no, I'm serious. I mean, you know, go into it a little bit. What's going on? What's what's bothering you? What's what's on your mind? Sometimes I do this with my my nieces and nephews, you know, who who are uh, are sort of de facto kids. And you have to break through that layer of well, they don't really mean what they're asking me, so I'll just give them a kind of perfunctory answer. So I'll say to one of my nephews, for example, "How are you doing?" "I'm good. Everything's good." So then I'll come back and I'll say, tell me the biggest worry you had this week. And they'll have to think about it. And then, you know, you can't just say everything's fine. So they think about it, they come up with it. And then next thing I know, that's an entryway into mm -hmm. starting to really talk about what's going on in their lives. Now, if you just keep saying, no, seriously, what's going on? No, seriously, what's going on? Tell me what's going on. You know, people get annoyed. I told you I'm fine. I told you I'm fine. So you have to kind of phrase the question a little bit differently. If you could change one thing that's happened this year, if you could go back and undo something that you did this year, what would it be? That will spark a conversation about 
what regrets yeah. people are thinking about. And so that's something that you are in control of. You're in control of your questions. You're in control of the things that you ask of other people. You don't need COVID permission. You don't need a doctor's note. You don't need a, a what do they call them, PCR tests or whatever they call the thing that sticks up your nose, PCR, VCR. <laughs> uh, you don't need one of those to uh, choose your questions for somebody. You can do that easily. So we've got time. We've got presence. We've got interest and legitimate questions. All of these things you can do, you are in control of. And then, as, as Jane Pauley was so wise to say, your generosity. You cannot control what you're going to get, but you can't control what you're going to give. And there are organizations that really need help. You can help them financially, if, even if it's $5. And you will feel better about yourself and this year by doing that. Make a challenge to yourself to find five really good charities that you didn't know about. There are so many charities out there. And you can go to places like Charity Navigator to find them ranked. Although that's not the only, only place. It's not necessarily the mark of, of, of if it's a great one or not. But if you're not sure, well, I don't know if they're good or not. There are services like Charity Navigator, which will rank charities based on their history, their tax returns, the things that they do. And, 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 and so you know if you're going to give money to them that they're worthwhile. But challenge yourself to find five organizations that could use some help and give each of them a little bit of help. And when I say a little bit of help, $5. I assure you, you will feel so good about yourself when you lick that envelope or, or make the PayPal payment. Hey, I just took time to give something to somebody else. It's not the amount. Don't kid yourself and say, how good am I going to feel, Mitch, if I give $5 to something? It, it, the, the amount won't make a difference. It's the fact that you took the time and the fact that you sent it, and as soon as you hear that whoosh, and the email goes, or as soon as you drop that letter in a mailbox or however you choose to do it, you are going to feel better so because true. you took some time out of your life to, to, to help an organization. You are in control of your own generosity, and the generosity that you show can make you feel good about 2020. And I really think that that's why we had so many people on this radiothon giving they weren't just giving for other people i think they were giving for themselves i think there's a lot of people in 2020 who are just looking to feel good about something mm. and we saw it on that thursday last thursday that a lot of people said hey this feels good i'm going to give something and they made not only donations, they made dedications, and they asked me to read them over the air. And some of the dedications were, were very interesting. They were, I mean, a lot of them were to my favorite grandchild and my favorite grandma, my, my niece, my dad, in honor of my parents, in honor of my sister, brother. And honor, but a lot of them were also in honor of the frontline workers, in mm -hmm. honor of the people who we've lost to COVID-19, in honor of you guys doing this radiothon, in honor of, like, they were just for like a general appreciation of people who did decent things. And I think that's a very 2020 type of uh, generosity. 
Well, that too. And I also think that people feel that how can I do something right now? Well, this is the perfect way. We can't leave our homes. So the perfect thing to do is give if you can, you know, of anything. Like you said, it doesn't even have to be just money, time, whatever, an ear to a friend. Uh, talk to a friend who's really sad and depressed because they can't get out of their house. There's right. so much to give right now. So right. much. Yeah. And if it if it helps you, if you're like an organized person that gets the most satisfaction out of ticking off a list. And normally you make a big Christmas list of presents that you have to give everybody and go through. And this year that's going to be tough because they don't even want you stopping by the house. <laughs> and it's like, well, if I'm not going to stop by the house, why do I want to buy presents? Uh, <laughs> make a different list. Get a yellow pad, make a list and say, okay, I'm going to do these 10 things. I'm going to be generous by doing these 10 things. I'm going to call such and such. I'm going to call such and such. I'm going to go visit such and such. I'm going to spend time with such and such. I'm going to give certain, I'm going to five, find three or four or five charities. Make your list and then start ticking off your list that way. And I promise you, when you cross out a line and that line said, talk to my aunt who I've been meaning to talk to all year and I felt bad because I didn't go to her birthday party last year and I've just been avoiding it, but I need to, I need to catch up and I need to let her know that everything's okay. And you get to cross that line out, you will have a good feeling. You will have a feeling Heck of yeah. giving. You are in control of your own generosity. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put like, Quote marks around that and then put Jane Pauley at the bottom <laughs> and put it in some kind of quote book at some point. And I think in a year where we, we feel like, uh, in the words of the Willie Nelson song, uh, at a time when the world seems to be spinning hopelessly out of control, there is something that you can control, your generosity and the way that you feel after giving. And I assure mm -hmm. you it will be a good one. So that's the best holiday shopping advice that I can give you. And a lot of thanks to the people who made our Radiothon so successful. I'll share with you as a funny end. So Hugh Jackman is a friend of mine from a number of years ago. And uh, he came out and filmed a movie here once and he ended up renting a house like four houses away from me. So we just became friendly because we were in the same neighborhood. Obviously, I live here and he was here all summer long. And and uh, we've remained friends. And he comes on the Radiothon every year. And uh, there's kind of been this sort of joke thing that myself and John Pizzarelli, the, the uh, great jazz guitar player, we come up with these songs every year, one song for Hugh Jackman. And if we get clever enough with our lyrics, he makes a nice donation to the charity. And every year it's been going up and up. So this year um, I decided because John couldn't come in and we couldn't work on it together. So John did one and I did one. And I wrote one, and I had to leave my chair on the stage, and I went down to this piano, which was off the stage, to a different microphone. And I wrote this thing out, and I had this thing was to the, the, the tune of uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And I had the whole thing practiced, and I knew the key and everything. And, and there's that live moment. So Hugh Jackman's on with us, and I said, okay, I'm going to do this song. And I walk out and I sit down by the piano and I start playing it and I play it well. I sing it pretty well. I was on key. Everything went really well. And then, unfortunately, apparently, he lost the signal of the audio when I left the stage. And so he could see oh, no. me. He could see me <laughs> sitting there. He could see me playing. 
And he watched the whole song, and I'm watching him on the monitor, and he's looking at me the whole song with kind of a weird look on his face, but I'm playing, playing, and then I finish, and, well, here, you can hear what happened. He always says yes, he never says no, even calls in from the middle of a show. Hugh Jackman is part of Detroit. <laughs> he played Little Caesars, he's eaten our meals. He even lived in Franklin when he made real steel. Hugh Jackman is part of Detroit. He visited a church here. He always shows his face. He even went to a Lions game. So you know he loves this place. Oh, <laughs> he always says yes. He's always so great. He'll be in the Music Man by 2028. <laughs> Hugh Jackman is part of Detroit. <laughs> ah. I can't hear a thing. Are you, can you hear me? Put your thumb up if you can hear me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so frustrated. I can see you playing. <laughs> he never oh, heard no. a word of it. <laughs> oh, no. So the sentence that every artist wants to hear when they finish their virtuoso performance I can't hear a thing. <laughs> oh, no. So it all went for naught. He never heard anything. He just saw well, you me gotta playing. you got to send it to him. I did. Yeah, I sent send it, it to him. him. Okay, he good. was laughing. He sent me a nice note back. He said, ah, it was pretty good. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that was a funny moment. And you know what? He made a donation anyhow because ah, nice. he, too, is in control of his own generosity. So that's our lesson yeah, for you nice. for today. And we thank you for joining us on this week as we head into the holidays. You can find out more about our podcast at wetuesdaypeople.com. You can hear past podcasts and get in chat conversations with our terrific audience. I wish everybody out there a lot of peace and, and, and peace of mind and contentment. Hopefully the development of a vaccine and the slow distribution of it now will help bring some people calmness and, and, and uh, peace of mind as we head into these holidays. Lisa, always great to see you. Thank you. Nice to see you. And until we talk to you again, this is Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People. <laughs>